passed, their cherry bomb blinkers clearing a path down the wide street. Dragan pulled over with the rest of the traffic. Neither cop glanced in their direction. When the police cars were gone, Dragan pulled out toward the highway, made the interstate on-ramp and did the speed limit up the west side of downtown Minneapolis. Everything calm. Just three everyday rubes in a mid-sized sedan. In the back seat, Trisha unzipped the duffel bag. Jackpot. She looked up at Tomlin, smiled at him, big. Must be thirty grand, boss. And no dye packs. Thirty grand, Tomlin said. He was shaking. Dragan took the Washington Avenue exit and headed south into downtown Minneapolis, drove into a pay parking garage a few blocks from the downtown core and parked on the fourth level between a black Jaguar sedan and a silver street racer Civic. Tomlin climbed out of the Camry and Trisha followed, dragging the duffel bag with her. It's heavy, she said. Thirty grand easy. Tomlin took the bag from Trisha and opened it on the hood of the Camry peered in at the money, and felt an electric thrill. Thirty grand, he thought. Easy money. He took out a stack of bills and handed them to Dragan. Here's a down payment, he said. Trisha will settle up when we get a count. Dragan thumbed through the bills. Tomorrow, he said. Trisha kissed him. Tomorrow, babe. Promise. Dragan glanced at the money again. Thirty grand, he said. Rock and roll. He kissed Trisha and climbed in the Civic, backed out of the stall and drove off. Tomlin unlocked the Jaguar, stowed the money in the back seat while Trisha hid the guns in the trunk. Then he slid behind the wheel and fired up the engine and drove out of the garage with Trisha. They took the interstate east to downtown St. Paul, Lower Town. Tomlin parked on the street in front of a squad office building and exhaled, long and smooth. He closed his eyes and inhaled, exhaled again. Then he opened his eyes and tied his tie in the rearview mirror, fixed his hair, reached in the back seat for his briefcase and glanced at Trisha. You ready? She grinned. Just waiting on you. They walked into the building, carrying the duffel bag with them, took three flights of stairs in a featureless hallway and stopped in front of a frosted glass door. Tomlin fumbled with the key, pushed the door open, and ushered Trisha inside. Trisha waited until he'd locked the door behind them. Then she squealed, and her arms were around him. We did it, she said, squeezing him tight. Didn't I fucking tell you we would? Tomlin let her hug him. He could smell her shampoo, feel her warmth. You told me, he said. He nudged her away and walked to his inner office, where he unzipped the duffel bag and dumped the money onto his desk. Trisha squealed again. Look at that cash. Piles of bills, twenties, tens, some bigger, some smaller. Rumpled, well-used, untraceable. And lots of it. Trisha hugged him again, kissed his cheek. Let's count it. They counted. Trisha was close. Thirty-two thousand and change. Fifteen each for Tomlin and Trisha, the rest a bonus for Dragan tomorrow.
Tomlin shoved his share into the bottom drawer of his desk, locked the drawer closed. Trisha gathered her money and disappeared with it. Tomlin sat down and turned on his computer. Fifteen grand, he thought, as the machine booted up. Not bad for a few hours' work. Trisha poked her head back into his office. She'd calmed her pixie pink hair and looked presentable again. Professional, even. Don't forget you have a three o'clock with Mr. Cook. Tomlin frowned. Cook? The hypochondriac with estate planning problems, remember? She winked at him. And your wife called. Wants you to pick up your Madeline from dance. Tomlin inhaled deeply, then exhaled again. A regular guy now. The money and the guns forgotten. Cook, he said. Dance class. I'm on it.